Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, February 24th, we look at Lesson 8, Wisdom for Righteous Living. Join us as we seek God's wisdom for His children throughout the Book of Psalms. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at the Adventist Learning Community. Together, we love learning and have 18 years of pastoral experience and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into the study. All right, Michael, here we are, lesson eight. In our memory text, Psalms 90, verse 12, it says, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Wisdom for righteous living is this uh, lesson this week. And Psalm 90, verse 12, speaks exactly to that. Wisdom for righteous living. Yeah, this is a, a great thing to think about because it's not just like knowledge and, and, and how do we get ahead of other people, but how do we live well? How do we live in ways, the abundant life that God calls us to live? Right, right. When I hear you say that, uh, a lot of people hear the abundant life and maybe, maybe your mind wonders, but that's what God has intended for us. Mm-hmm. He wants us to have that. I mean, those are the words of Christ that he gave, came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly in John chapter 10. So as we think of that, as we ponder that, maybe or hopefully we're all thinking about in our ways, ways that we can actually bring that abundance about by our surrendering to Christ. So Michael, starts off there Sunday's lesson, your word have I hidden in my heart. Yeah, so this is a, a, a great <laughs> From the, the longest psalm in the book of Psalms, 119, and it follows the Hebrew alphabet if you look through that. And so it's, it's going through a gradual progression. It's poetry, of course. Uh, but the passages that are highlighted here in uh, Psalm 119 is talking about God's word, his law in specifically. And, you know, when it's talking about law throughout the bible we see that it's referring to god's character in other words the law isn't something that's antithetical to god's person and who he is it's it's a part of it's it's the very fabric and dna of 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 the godhead the trinity and and who god in all of his divine sovereignty is and and so this is helps us to understand who god is and his character right well, law is just an expression of that. And so when we see what the kingdom of God is all about and, and what that stands for, and so the kingdom of, of love, that God's love and his character and everything that stands for his law, if you please, that becomes a very much part of, of who we are when we surrender our lives to, to God. And so this is what it's talking about. And, and there's a lot of amazing promises here that are we can draw comfort from that, that we take as Seventh-day Adventists, we understand that the Bible as Protestants, as Christians, or however you want to look at that, but, but we take the word of God seriously, that this is something that means something. That's how God speaks to us. And so if we value that, just like we would in any relationship, a part of communication is is it's not one-sided. It's 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 got to be not just saying God, I I want all these things, you know, when we <laughs> pray. But we have to also listen, and the way that we listen is by hiding His Word in our hearts, by listening, paying attention to it. And there's a lot of different ways that you can do that, but but taking it seriously. 
And so, and we have a lot of different passages that, that describe the way in which we can do that. But, but we all face moments in our lives when we, see, we face challenges, right? And, and it's those moments when we can draw upon his word, his promises. And, and as it says here in verse two, blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek after him with all their heart. In other words, it's sort of like an authenticity, a genuineness when we say, you know, God, I want to put you first in my life. We may not understand what all of that may mean. You know, I, I, you know, God, make me teachable, make my heart willing so that I can hear your Holy Spirit speaking to me. So we don't surrender. If we're not open hearted, open minded to what God may have to say, we may impose our wills. That's the dangerous thing. Upon God. Uh, but instead, if, if we carefully listen and seek and and we can cling also to the promise that when we do that that with our whole heart as as it says here in, in psalm verse 119 verse 2 that we can rest assured that god will lead us into truth that may not be all at once but but patiently and so that's this promise that we have for us here and uh, later on in the psalm verse 105 that we have this image of a lamp God's word being a lamp unto our feet. And that's a beautiful scripture song. I've, I've heard it, it sometimes. I, it just always warms, warms the cockles of my heart, as we say <laughs> in New England. <laughs> that, that, but if we need guidance, when it's dark out, you know, and you're trying to find our way, and we just need that little bit of light, we're promised that God's word will do that for us. And, and by the way, not only does it provide light, but it helps to prevent us from getting ensnared and entangled with with encumbered with temptations and and all kinds of problems. So God's God doesn't want us to have these things. And so if we want to, he's given us a way out or he's promised us that if if we follow his word and pay attention to that, it's going to help us avoid needless pain and suffering that we don't have to have if we will pay attention and, and treasure his word in our hearts. And so I love that one of the things I love about being Seventh-day Adventist is, is that we take seriously God's word. Not yes. only take seriously God's word, but we also are told to number our days. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's wisdom in recognizing that our days are numbered. And a couple of texts here, I'm not going to read all of Psalm 90, verses 1 through 17, but I want to make a couple of highlights here, and then I will read uh, Psalm 102 and Psalm 103, those portions. Uh, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. This is Psalm 90. Before the mountain were brought forth, or, or or ever or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So recognizing the the true e eternal nature of who God is. But listen to this verse four, especially for a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, and like a watch in the night. In other words, time for God is not like time for us. Teaching us to once again number our days. That paired with Michael. Psalm 102, verse 11, my days are like a shadow that lengthens and I wither away like grass. So we see here the contrast between God, a thousand days is like nothing to you or a thousand years is like nothing to you. But every day for me, I'm withering like grass. And then that once again, added to that is Psalm 103, 14 through 16. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for a man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. So recognizing our 
finiteness, right? As we recognize that, there's wisdom in trusting in God and recognizing that in our limited nature, and our limited state, wise decision, wise living is of the utmost importance. Uh, there's a, a port, portion in our lives, Michael, where we all believe we're invincible, where we think nothing's ever going to happen to us, and then suddenly hit our 40s and we're like, oh no, what's this, right? <laughs> or <laughs> some people, it's the 50s, it's their 60s, some people's their 30s. There's some people that never make it to that age. And we recognize the feebleness of life, but also we recognize that there is still hope and not just hope for the eternal, hope for the second coming and our bodies made anew, but hope in this life, which is even as, as of right now with my limitations, I yeah. serve someone who has no limitations. I serve someone who is infinite. I serve one who is eternal. And because of that, I put my trust in him as creator, as the one who is all-knowing, omniscient, uh, omnipresent. I serve the God who is all those things, recognizing that I am not. And so there's wisdom in that of recognize, recognizing to number our days and to honor our creator in the days of our youth. I know that's Proverbs and, and not Psalms, but still recognizing that every day is an opportunity to surrender to him. And so, Michael, that brings us to Tuesday's lesson, the Lord's Test. Yeah, so we're we're talking about the children of Israel, and and this is a little bit intense here in Meribah, this this place where God tests His people. And there's a couple of different passages here, and and the story, the context. Uh, you'll probably our listeners will easily recollect, you know, about Moses and where he hits the rock, right? So they're they're kind of in the desert, in the wilderness, the Negev. And, and they're kind of getting thirsty and kind of wondering, like, what's up here? I mean, are you just sent us here to perish? <laughs> There's no water. <laughs> what's up? <laughs> and Psalm 81, verses 7 and 8, it says, um, In your distress you called, and I rescued you. I answered you out of a thundercloud. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Hear me, my people, and I will warn you, if you would only listen to me, Israel. And so I, I think what we have to remember is when we're going through the ups and downs of everyday life, we don't always see the big picture, right. what God might see. And, and if we could only see with the eyes of God what's going on in our lives and the world around us, but God's trying to work on our characters. He's trying to grow us. And so part of what's going on is um, he allows us to go through these things. It's not, not like, you know, it's like a parent. You're seeing your child mature and grow. It's not like you want them to suffer terrible things, but you know as they go through those things that it will, they'll become stronger for it. And, and this is the same thing. And where God is allowing them to go through these things to help them, it's the oppor these are growth opportunities. And, and again, verse Psalm 95, verse, verses 7 through 11, but verse 8, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did Masa in the wilderness, you know, where your ancestors tested me. Well, so not only is God testing them, they're they're testing God's patience, if we please, right? Because God's trying to work with them patiently. And yet sometimes they stumble and they fail the test. And that's the that's the challenge here. And when when it the is. test has failed, God's trying to help them learn a lesson. So he doesn't just give up and say, well, you messed up. And so you're toast and you're gone. But he keeps bringing them back again and again to hopefully try to learn. So they actually learn the lesson from the test, right? And so this is what's going on uh, here in this passage, in this story, is God tests us. And, and finally, there's a passage, Psalm 105, which is a, 
a reference to a much earlier biblical story, the story of Joseph and how he suffers in Egypt. He has no idea. But out of that suffering, God will bring goodness and, and, and forgiveness and things that will work out to the salvation of his family in the midst of famine later on that they have no idea. So even when things look absolutely crazy, God can even bring good out of that. And so the trials and sufferings that we go through, God uses them. God allows them to build character so that we can learn and grow. And it, it's easy to say that right now, especially when you're going actually through the fire itself. But we can trust, and that's why we hide God's word in our heart, trust that God is still going to, whatever we're going through, God will bring us through it on the other side. God's Amen. with us. In the and and all of those things, and so that's that's that that divine test. But God still warns us about other things like uh, deceitfulness of the wicked way, <laughs> right? I mean, it sounds <laughs> yeah, it sounds, sounds a little bit ominous, but there's there's a there's a point to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Psalm one forty one. If you haven't read this before, uh, I challenge you to to go ahead and read that. Matter of fact, since this is the only one, I'm gonna do a a, a more in depth pass by. So, mm. Lord, I cry out to you. Make haste to me. Give ear to my voice when I cry out. My prayer be set before you as you as as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Set mm-hmm. a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Now, listen to verse four. It's very important. Do not incline my heart to anything, to any evil thing, to practice to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity and do not let me eat of their delicacies. You almost see a a glimpse of Daniel there. It says, let the righteous strike me. It shall be a, it shall be a kindness and let him rebuke me. It shall be as excellent oil. Let my head not refuse it for steal my prayers against the deeds of the wicked. Now I'm going to jump down here to verse eight. Mm -hmm. It says, but my eyes are upon you. O Lord God, in you I take refuge. Do not leave my soul destitute. Keep me from the snares that have laid that, that that they have laid for me. Talking about the wicked here, from and from the traps of the workers of iniquity. Let the wicked fall into their own nets while I escape safely. It says, "What does the psalmist pray for here? He's asking for escape, but he's also asking for deliverance. The psalmist is also asking for God to keep him from evil. But listen to this." to also accept the instruction of the righteous, which sometimes can seem like your enemies, but they're actually your friends. So all the above, this psalmist is asking for. And the reason why I highlighted Psalm 141 verse 4 was because it correlates with Psalm 1 verse 1. The way of the righteous and the end of the ungodly blesses the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. As we look at there, we, we see this correlation of, of those who are living with wisdom are living with those who are accounted towards righteousness. And that means that people that are walking in the direction with Christ, not against the grain, but with Christ. There's a, a story that someone recently shared, and it was, it's, it's, of course, it's, a, it's an allegory, but there is a... a two pieces of property and there is the beautiful side of property and there is the the burning side and people had to choose which side they're going to choose god's side or the enemy side and then there was a fence as well and there are several people who chose god's side and several people who chose the the evil side and there are several people who are on the fence 
Mm-hmm. And God said, last call. And those who were who were on the fence, they said, well, we'll stay here. This is a safe place because uh, then we don't have to choose either one. And they left. And then about a few minutes later, the enemy came back and says, all right, you guys come with me. They're like, no, no, we're on the fence. We didn't choose a side. He says, the fence belongs to me as well. <laughs> and so we have to be careful because we need to, we're called to choose the side of God and to follow him and not the ways of the wicked. And as we're doing that, by the way, we're all going to mess up. This is not what this is talking about. It's talking right. about our lives as a whole. It's talking about the prayer of the righteous of saying, Lord, I have a desire to please you because I love you and because you love me. As a result of that, I'm choosing your side. And if yeah. tomorrow if I don't do that, Lord, correct me so I can repent and I can come back and be with you. Uh, as we're looking at that, I, I want the audience to, to remember that because with uh, wisely living is right righteous living. We'll say that again. Wise living is righteous living. And not righteousness according to man's standards, but righteousness according to God's, which are, which are quite different. Man's is uh, oftentimes the outward appearance of what it looks like. But with God, it's the heart. Where's our heart? Where your heart is, or yeah, where, where your yeah. heart is, is where your church will be also. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully our hearts are conjoined with God's of making sure that we're living wisely and righteous living. And so Michael finishes up here with blessing of righteous living. Yeah, so back to the abundant life, right? Right. <laughs> Which, by the way, is is we're, we're you know, it's not saying that you're gonna have wealth and riches and the prosperity gospel, but it's talking about something even better than than that. And uh, I'm not saying that God doesn't want to bestow those things, but but that's not really what the focus of Scripture is about. It's talking about living in relationship with God, in harmony with God. And when we do that, that's so much better. Instead of having all the stress and the rift raft of trying to get ahead of everybody else. God wants us to um, not only be in relationship, but we also have promised for us that there is a better way of living and a better place we're going. And so this is a part of what these Psalms mm-hmm. here are talking about. And, and, and by the way, it says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the comp- company of mockers. But, but here's the, the kicker but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. So it's not saying if you have to do those things. It's, it's something that we want to do when, when we're in love right. with somebody. It just flows forth naturally that we want to, to live in harmony. And, and there's a piece to that. When we're following God, we're not living in constant, like, I don't know, I, I hope I don't get caught, you know, kind of thing. It's, it's we can just know that in the rest in the security of that relationship with him, and, and that abundant life, that kind of way of living, following the, the kingdom of God, if you, if you will, is what God wants for us. And, and, and not only do it along the way, but we're a better place we're going towards, right? And, and when we have that, by the way, Psalm 112 is talking about the same idea. And I want to focus on verse 8. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. Because in the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. So, and, and I think this is where a lot of Christians, a lot of Adventists, if you will, struggle is this idea of having assurance of salvation, this constant, mm-hmm. am I good enough? Am I perfect? <laughs> have, have, I done, have I followed all the lifestyle things that I have to do just perfectly to make sure that I will somehow incur some favor upon God? And, and, have, and I earned my, have I earned my right in heaven? Yeah, I mean, 
I, I think sometimes there's a lot of people that that follow this kind of medieval understanding of having to earn their salvation. I think that's part yeah. of our well, human nature. We just want to. It's just in, innate within our humanness, right? And and so, but I love this. We can have that security, trusting in the Lord, not having any fear that that we can know that whatever happens, that and that's that's that blessing or blessings that that God wants us to experience. And 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 that, by the way, that influence of living a righteous life, it it continues on. It multiplies as the impact reverberates upon other relationships and reverberates again and again. So just as as evil can, you know, evil deeds and and things that happen can have uh, impact multiple generations. And but but God's you know by living a righteous life and and the abundant life and those blessings also can kind of have this multiplying impact upon the world around us. The influence, in fact, it says righteousness. Their righteousness endures forever. I, I think yeah. that's a promise that we should remember and cherish that by by following God we can be not only live life of assurance and and following in harmony with God but we can also be a blessing to so many others and and then uh, the last psalm we're looking at here for this week is Psalm 128 and we're just hitting highlights so I just encourage our listeners uh, pause through the week and take each of these different psalms and maybe take a walk and just you and God just have a conversation together and just Take these words. That's what it talks about, putting these words of scripture in our hearts, right? Is, is right. meditating on them and, and cherishing them. And, and finally, again, the same idea in Psalm 128. And this one is a song of ascent. So this is one of the Psalms that they would have used, ancient Israelites would have used on their way to Jerusalem, on the way up to the, to the temple, right? And so, blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You'll eat the fruit of your labor and blessings and prosperity will be yours. And so it's this idea of following God. It, it, it's just, it's a better way to live. Just a better way. Amen. Not follow God and experience all that God wants us to, 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 to experience as part of living in relationship with him. So those are, it's blessings. And you see how good that is. Why would you want anything else? Why? Uh, and Michael, I, I love how you ended that portion, which is it's so enticing and it's so worth living. And I think I think we have to be careful with the image that we're portraying, because sometimes we make it look like being a Christian is miserable. And I've heard people say I could be miserable by myself. Why would I want to uh, dedicate so many things? And no, life with Christ is so much better. It's it's abundant. It truly is in more ways than one. And we need to start portraying that to the world. And I know a lot of times we oftentimes complain about our churches. We complain about other Christians. And when we ask and invite someone to church, they're like, why, why? I've heard all your stories. Why would I want to go see Deacon Jones and his cheese uh, mongering ways? Yeah, <laughs> proof is in the pudding. It reminds me of a uh, meme that's going around right now on, on, on social media. And it, 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 it has like a mummy, you know, this kind of, it looks rather grotesque. And, and this is what happened to this person that was trying to follow a, like a super extreme health diet kind of thing. Look what happened to this person kind of thing, you know? And the <laughs> joke is, is that, you know, you know, people that become like, you know, very zealous for, for health, but they're not actually very healthy themselves. Right. And so if we want people to be health reformers, if we want people to be Christians, to 
be Christian Seventh-day Adventists. And, and of course, that's, you know, there's always extreme, you know, no, always <laughs> I don't really think that. But but the point being is, I think a lot of people can empathize or identify with that sort of scenario where someone's trying to tell them to live more healthfully, but they're sick, you know, why, why would I want to be like you if you're sick all the time, right? And so if, if I want to be healthy, I want to see that you're living a life that I want to actually emulate. And so as Christians, and, and, and the great news is, is what scripture is saying is it, it is there. It is there. It is there. And may the world see the joy that emulates from us as a, relation, as a result of the relationship we have with God and with one another. Well, we, we hope our listeners will discover that abundant life. And until next week, this is Soup. And Swoops. Signing out. As we wrap up, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Adventist Learning Community, a ministry of the North American Division of Seventh-day Adventists. You can join us each week by subscribing on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Also, make sure you share with as many people as possible. And be sure to give us feedback by rating our podcast and go to our website, SabbathSchoolRescue.org, for each weekly episode.